Hello, hello, hello. We are back with another episode of Catch Up and Hustle. I'm Chef Carl. And I'm Chef Paul. And what do we have today? We have Cullen Schwartz in the studio remotely, of course. Cullen, where do we find you right now? Denver, Colorado. For my house. Denver, Denver, Colorado. Cullen, thank you for joining us. Cullen is the CEO and founder of Done Good. Done Good is a online marketplace for products with a soul, if I'm going to say it yeah, that way. Yeah, that's a good, go. I like that tagline. That's pretty that is, good. Yeah. yeah, so for products that are that are doing good for the earth and the humans that live on it, uh, Done Good yep. does, it, it does some curating on the front end so that consumers can come to the marketplace and purchase with confidence. And so... Uh, we their are, dollars are going behind businesses to do better. That's right. And and yeah. so Awesome Sauce is is a proud member of the Done Good community. And so we're thrilled to be live and up there um, and operating. And we there's actually there's there are a lot of similarities, although not necessarily in the product, but in the mission and in our positioning, our market positioning yep. between Awesome Sauce and Done Good. And I imagine many other products that are that are existing on Done Good as well. And so um, we are pumped to bring Colin, to bring Cullen on to talk about uh, how he started this business. You know, similar to when you're listening to me and Carl talk about Awesome Sauce and the, the birth and growth of Awesome Sauce. It is a founder story, and so we're pumped to hear Cullen's founder story, uh, the trajectory of his business, the highs and lows. Yeah, the the, the ups and downs are the thing that like. Oh no, there's no ups and downs. It's just not. <laughs> the next man just everything's always good all the time <laughs> we, we love that attitude and so no you, um, don't, no, you know it's a lie you know it's yeah. an absolute lie but we still love the attitude we still love <laughs> yeah, the yeah, attitude. Sure, sure. <laughs> yeah yeah sure sure yeah so 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 yeah i think i think first let's let's give an intro from cullen uh tell us tell us a little bit about how you got to where you are and then i think Paul, I, I think we just pepper him with questions. Yes, please. Because our listeners are starting to come to realize that we're giving a real-time update on the challenges that we have, and we're giving some advice based on what we're learning. And so I think if we can jump into that with you, finding out where you started and how you got to where you got, then we yep. can start start poking. Totally. No, I love it. I really appreciate uh, you guys having me on. And appreciate, yes, that Awesome Sauce is one of uh, our newest partner brands on done good and i like that tagline i don't know if you know if you're looking for marketing work you got a promising <laughs> promising career and i like the uh, products with the soul i mean that's you, really sir. you know i mean that's a, a lot of ways to describe it we can say you know products that are making the world better instead of worse like a lot of the unfortunately like a lot yep. of stuff you buy off amazon or whatever both because amazon's not a great company also what do you know about any of the companies selling on on there so another way to say yep. it, forbes called us the the amazon for social good right so yeah uh, voting voting yeah. with your dollar right exactly exactly right and so yeah you all and all yeah our partner brands are doing it in the products they make through their own business practices we're trying to get all those brands in, in one place so it's super quick and easy for people to find whatever they need to buy right and so we screen every brand to make sure uh companies are paying living wages empowering workers uh, making products in a way that fights climate change instead of exacerbates the problem. And because, I mean, so now this, will, I guess, get to your get to your question. I mean, I'll tell you something about my old career, but the reason I, I quit that old career is because I believe all the stuff we say about how consumer spending is the world's most powerful force for change. Who we give our money to is the number one way that we impact the world. And so, you know, all the change that we're all trying to do, you know, we vote and we march and we volunteer for nonprofits and we donate, we do all that stuff. 
And then we make a bunch of money as I mean, maybe not a bunch, but, you know, we make money. If there are jobs, there are income. Who and are we throw giving it, it to? back to those people? Throw it back to the people who are working yeah. against us, right? Yeah. And so, you know, we've got to pay attention. I, I believe, you know, who I give my money to is the number one way I impact the world. So I want to pay attention to who that is. But then how do we make it super easy for people to know that companies are doing good? All right, well, we'll screen the companies, put them all on one site so you can come and buy everything that you need. We don't have everything that you need just yet. You all are our first, you know, condiments, uh, but, but we work on building it. We have, you know, clothing, home goods, food and drink products make up a variety of other things and we keep we keep working on it i think you know we're talking to a phone charger you know some phone companies that are trying to make electronics are hard but trying okay. to make, you know good uh, good environmental practices and with the with all the metals long, and materials and stuff like that yeah. how, how long have you how long has done good been doing good yeah so now i could answer your first question too <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, we, we've been around uh seven years so i'll go backwards uh but okay. that was you know, that, that was, I, let me, I'll just go back to the beginning. You know, I, I had this idea actually, you know, back in college, I was a part of a bunch of, you know, progressive agitator groups and things, you know, as we do, <laughs> as we do on college campuses, you know, and uh, one organization that I got into the national leadership was, of was a group called United Students Against Sweatshops. And uh, so we would get our universities to include a code of conduct in their apparel contracts. So, uh, the company oh, that was selected to make all the university's clothing, which, you know, especially at a big university, that, that's a big contract. It's worth a lot of money. You're talking 100%. everything yeah. with the university's logo that's in the bookstore and being sold everywhere else, you know. Uh, so as a student so, group, you, you guys put it in that that had to be included in the contract. We would pressure the administrations at universities across the country uh, yeah. to put them in, into the into the bid, you know, the, uh, the, the uh, what do you call it, the project, uh, the procurement contract, right? Sure. So yeah. then companies bid on that, but you couldn't bid unless you could also demonstrate we're paying basic non-poverty wages and, uh, you know, factories are meet basic safety standards and some basic environmental uh, standards and things like this. And essentially that you weren't going to make the clothes in a sweatshop with child labor and traffic labor and people making poverty wages and things like that. So that was yep. exposure to the idea that, oh, consumers, uh, consumerism is a powerful form of activism, right? I mean, you've got, yeah, public policy and voting and all everything that happens in the you know governmental arena, that's important. And all the work that all the nonprofits are doing, that's important. But we as Americans collectively last year donated 475 billion to nonprofits, we spent over 300 times more than that buying stuff. And so that experience with the universities was one where this wasn't public policy, it's not a nonprofit, it's just a customer. It's just somebody with money who's saying, look, this is how the market works. If you want our money, well, you want certain product specs and you want certain prices. Well, we also are gonna bake some values into our purchasing decision. And I thought, well, imagine if you could get millions of people, individual people doing that same thing. I mean, that's how you really, could impact the world. The way you, re you really impact the world is change business behavior. Yep. You can try to get government to regulate that. Our, you know, our system is so gridlock. Or you can wield wield that purchasing power. So I had yep. that thought. I wrote a paper about that in uh, in college, and this was you know like what year? Two thousand two. I'll date myself. <laughs> yeah, you can see for those watching, and so Lizzie, you can see the gray in my beard. I'll date myself. It was the turn turn of the century. I was in college. You know? Back at the turn of the century, ninety nine to three. So yeah, so about oh two, I wrote this paper that said. Consumerism, uh, this will be the new movement for change. Conscious consumerism will be the new movement for change of the of the 21st century. Really? I like think, you know, that was pre-B Lab, pre-B Corp, pre-before there was like social impact was a word. You know what I mean? Those were like yep. courses at college and so social enterprise. So I like think it was a little ahead of, ahead of the time. Uh, I wish I would have like published it somewhere. I just, you know, turned it in and, you know, 
So but that was that was that was, <laughs> that was your seating. So your, exactly, your seating, your seating yep. came from a from a college project. So what was yep. the first first move out of college then? Well, yeah, then that's the thing. After college, I ended up uh, starting work in politics. You know, um, I, I got sense. a job actually working for a nonprofit uh, and doing political advocacy work uh, in Iowa. Actually, around the like the 0304 mm. Iowa caucus season, we were mm. bird dogging candidates trying to get them to agree you know to to various things i go more into that if you want but just to keep my life story moving <laughs> kind of quickly uh, it was a job for a nonprofit, um uh, and um a lot of folks at the nonprofit said hey you know you're kind of well suited for politics we need people on the inside you know you ever thought of giving that a try and i thought well i had thought about it but i thought yeah it seems like uh, it seems like a dirty business. I'd rather be an advocate yeah. on the outside. But, you know, they got a, uh, they made good points. And I thought, you know, I'll try it out. So I started, I got a job on a political campaign. And the next thing you know, you know, I started doing well at that. And I started kind of, you know, getting promoted and getting other jobs and had a pretty good career going. But in the back of my mind, I still always had, I had this idea, you know, around galvanizing cons- consumer spending as a force for change. But, but so let me just pause you right there, just so our, yeah. our listeners understand. So number one, you're the d- director of communications for a sitting senator, and you do that for a period of time and then move yep. on to be the press secretary in the Obama administration for the Department of Agriculture. Is that right? Am I getting sort of... Yeah, yeah, th- those are right. Yeah, wow, I, I for, Paul. Yes. You did, you did some rabbit hole. No, no, yeah, some, not, some, well, yeah, somebody stalked my LinkedIn for five yeah. seconds. Yes, yeah, some, yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, you got that right. Yeah, I worked for a couple of different members of Congress, and okay. including a, a, uh, Senator Stabenow. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, altogether, I was in D.C. working on Capitol Hill or in the Obama administration from 07 to 2015. I had a couple of political jobs before that as well. Okay. So it was... You know, it was a decade, a little over a decade in that business and that line of work. And, and yeah, it was it was going well. You know, I'm uh, traveling around with one of uh, President Obama's cabinet secretaries and being the spokesman and press secretary for uh, for an entire department of the, the U.S. government, you know, agency that or a department that has, uh, you it's, know, was over 100,000 employees and $150 billion budget or something. So, yeah, it's like it's incredible. It, and, and it's and it's kind of I don't know. It's, well, <laughs> it's, it's well, that, <laughs> well, what's what's interesting, though, I think, and Paul, you, you probably pointing at is people would put that as a highlight of a career correct and so so walk us through what's the thought process <laughs> from <laughs> from like okay i got this career that you know in in all intents and purposes is that i've made it i've done pretty well i've done pretty well i've made it i can say obama and in my job like, title. okay <laughs> i'm gonna let go of that and i'm gonna pursue entrepreneurship I mean, well, that's, a, you, that's even, a scary thing yeah, no, definitely. Especially because then I was at the point where if I really wanted to cash in, like then I could, especially Department of Agriculture, I could have probably, you know, gone to work for Monsanto and been, you know, making, the, yeah, I don't know, a few hundred K a year or something. But then I'd also yep. have to consider killing myself. I mean, uh, or, you know, I was, I had gotten an offer from, um, uh, uh, you know, private sector political PR agency also, I mean, now I'm at the point where you get out of the government work and you cash in and you make right. a lot of money. Yep. So of course I said, Oh, well, I can't do that. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but honestly it was um, because I'd kind of gotten to that point in my career and it, it was, you know, at some point I had to come back to this idea uh, that I had before about, I mean, I just, like I said, I, one thing about working in politics for that long and especially, yeah, okay. I got to a kind of high level and still, I don't know, man, sometimes the work is like boring and menial and like, sometimes you get to do cool stuff, you know? Uh, and, but like, I don't know, sometimes it's still boring. And, and you're like, what am I really doing? What am I really accomplishing? You know? I mean, we, I think 
the work with Senator Stabenow's office, it's a, it's a good example. Like it, three years it took us, but we finally passed a bipartisan farm bill that by all accounts was the most progressive farm bill in history, but to get consensus and get Republican votes and democratic and everybody's got their own parochial interests, depending on the crops and things like this. Sure. It was better. We, we reformed subsidies for big ag companies and we improved investments in, you know, organics and local food systems and, you know, financing for grocery stores and food deserts. And it cut the big subsidies from a ton of billions to a little less billions. And it increased the good stuff from millions to, to millions. And it's, you know, it, it was, not the policy that anybody would have drawn up. And so I said, okay, three years of my life against the odds, we got something bipartisan and it was a little less shitty than the status quo. Three years of my life to make one area of the federal government a little less shitty. And uh, if I can say, I don't know, sorry if that's- Yeah, no, no, we curse all the time. Yeah, Yeah, okay, good. Uh, (laughs) But but that's the thing. And look, that's just how it is, right? It's like, it's, it's a system that is set up for gridlock and for incremental change. And you either have to get super majorities, you know, on one side to, to ram, you know, partisan stuff through, or you have to build bipartisan consensus, which then is going to be watered down and incremental, if, if anything, you know, if the opposing party just doesn't say, ah, let's just stop up all the progress that we can. So then when you look at issues like climate change and global poverty, these big issues that we need big sweeping action and reform, well, what's the likelihood that's coming out of D.C.? You know, I mean, they just passed a decent bill uh, uh, that will start to address climate change, but it's, you know, it's not, it's not everything that we need. And so I just really thought, like, if I really want to make an impact on the world, what do I think is the thing, the biggest thing? And like I said, I, I do believe it's the stuff we say about consumer spending. I think if we really wanted to have this big sweeping change, we need to change business behavior. And what if every business in the world was operating as sustainably as the companies on done good? What if they were all paying living wages like the companies on the good? Well, if every business in the world acted like that, climate change wouldn't be an issue anymore. We'd solved it, right? Now, I know it's going to take time to get like every business to do that, but every time we can help someone make a purchase from a highly sustainable business, a business that's empowering their workers and paying good wages, we take a step closer to that, to that world. And if you can build a platform that has millions of people moving billions of dollars, you know, to these businesses, you're fueling now really fueling the social enterprise movement, right? You're really helping businesses grow more businesses like these start. And you're also demonstrating demand so that these big corporations start to change their behavior too. I think that's the hope for humanity. I think that's the path for change. So yes, I, I mean, if, if that's what I think, yeah, I gotta quit that old career and try this. Yes, it's, it's, so totally, so totally agree. But I guess, I guess, what would be extra interesting for Carl and me is the personal piece. So sure, what yeah. is so what is going through your head when you have the position and just you know, Colin the human, uh, yeah, where you're saying, okay, I'm now in my mid thirties and I'm trying to yeah, figure that, out if, if I'm going to, really if I'm, I'm going to continue down this yeah, path on politics. Totally. And so how, yeah. what's, go, what's going on in your own head on, when you make well, that look, decision? I, I think that was a, a lot of it. And I mean, I can go a little deeper, I guess, which is what I was feeling, but like, I mean, it really was, what am I doing with my life? What there is it, is. it really going to impact? You know, it is, it's what, what impact, what am I contributing? You know, and what am I, what am I working toward? Even if we, even if we accomplish our goals, like even if we elect, you know, democratic majorities and, uh, and we pass legislation, like uh, w- what's it really going to mean in the end? You know, what, what are we really, really getting done? 
And look, I still think that work is important. And I'm glad there's a lot of young people, energetic, who are dominant sure. working in politics. And I think the work that a lot of nonprofits are doing, I don't want to take anything away from that. I think that $475 billion that we all gave last year, I hope it goes up, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, like, it really was, like, what do I really believe? What do I really think? And what do I really think could make an impact? And it was, you know, I guess it's it's about aligning my decisions with my beliefs. And I also, you know, I think there's an increasing recognition among, you know, those younger than us, that like, well, where we choose to work is where we're going to spend the majority of our waking hours uh, on earth. Like, it's yep. where we're going to spend the majority of our life. Where, how do I want to spend my life? This isn't like just where am I going to get a paycheck? How, am I gonna, how do I want to spend my life? And do I want that work to be meaning, meaningful and purposeful? And the other thing is, I guess it's, you know, if I really believe that, galvanizing consumer spending and fueling the growth of businesses that are doing good for people on the planet. If that is the number one way to impact the world, well, am I the type of guy who takes swings at big things or not? You know what I mean? And yep. that was ultimately as I was, cause you know, there's, there's the time where you're like, okay. I mean, for a long time, I was like, okay, someday I'm going to get out of politics and try this thing. And at some point you, um, you know, you don't do it for a while and you're kind of waiting, well, what's the right time? What's the right time? What's the right time? I, I mean, <laughs> Ultimately, what, I remember, what's the what's the counter argument? Well, as you were going through that, where you're waiting, what sure. was the counter argument that that kept you there for longer than longer? Well, than it's you, just it's just the momentum, I guess, inertia. You know, things in motion tend to stay in motion. You get another job, and you're like, well, okay, I got to do this one for at least a year or two, probably, right? You know, then you get another job, and like, you don't want to quit within three months or whatever. So there was also that. You know, I'd been with USDA for about a year and a half, and. Um, you know, ultimately I said, like, do I want to be the kind of person who is willing to give up stuff and potentially earn less? Well, which I definitely have earned less money this entire seven years. You know, the first year I went with no paycheck, paid myself a very small salary the next couple of years. Finally, I'm at the point where I'm like just making somewhat less, like a percentage less than my last job in DC instead of multiples less. Congratulations. Yeah. One day I'll get to the uh, just where I was in, when I was in DC, you know, with inflation. I, I actually, I, I started doing telling up in my mind at one point that I thought I should, you know, lost salary. Plus, if you invest that income, you know, benefits and all this, like, don't do it. You know, yeah, yeah, exactly. You don't want, like, you don't want to be living there. You know what I mean? How, how much? Well, half a million over north of half a million dollars, a million dollars, maybe I've been, I'm invested in Tucker. So, so, you know, that's, uh, that's, but I, I said, you know, I want, what kind of person are you, you know, who kind who plays it safe or the kind who takes chances to do big things and, and do the things he really believes in and aligns his actions with his values. And I thought, no matter what happens with done good, even if you know flames out in a year, a couple of years, I fails, I could never do it. I'll always, I'll never regret it. I'll always be proud of myself for trying. Whereas if I stay in the safe career, I'll always regret it. You know what I mean? It was like, totally. uh, so that ultimately was the, you know, that that's the equation. Yeah, you know? got, I mean, gotcha. Yeah. That, that yeah. reminds me of your statement. Which, which is what? Uh, well, tell tell listeners where you were at Westdown and, and your your thought process. Well, I guess I, I guess I know what you're referring to now. Whereas you know, I had been the athletic director, and so kind of the equivalent of of Cullen having reaching a point in his career where you could point back and say, "Yeah, I've accomplished something in my field." I'm the athletic director at an educational institution. I'm proud of, and but I was I was starting to wonder about a change, right? And and you and when Awesome Sauce started to be a thing you say if not this then what 
What would yep. I be changing and for? If and not it, now, then when? Yeah, and if yep. not with this, with this guy, with this motherfucker, then, then who? who? <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. And like, yeah, we really that's exactly it, man. Yeah. At the end of the day, it's about just like looking at yourself in the mirror and be like, well, what kind of person am I? Totally. Do I take chances to do things I believe in, or do I play it safe? Like, what kind and of so, person do I want to be? I, I, you know, there's a clear answer on that. You know? So, so Colin, Colin, from your perspective, is that is that sort of like how would you articulate? Is that one of like the the initial steps for an entrepreneur when you're thinking about this is to take that look in the mirror and just ask yourself honestly what kind of person you are? I think that's always the question, right? Like recognizing where I work is where I spend the majority of my life, my, the majority of my hours on earth. How do I want to spend the majority of my hours on earth? Uh, on earth? You know what I mean? Like, I think that's the question. Uh, and then, yeah. That's and then like, okay, an well, there's going to be a cost. There's going to be a cost and a risk, you know, yeah. And, and look, I don't know that every, you know what I mean? I don't know that it's always the right answer, you know, to take the, depending sure. what the company is, depending what the product is, depending what the, uh, you know, I, I, I can't say it's always, um, especially if, you know, if, I, from my perspective, if it's, if the company ain't doing something good for the world either, it's like tricking people into giving you money. Right? You know what I'm saying? Like, totally. uh, like then you know, maybe don't do it, you know? Uh, but I think yeah, that's the question. And then, um, yeah, do I, I mean, when it comes to the, the risk, it's like, yeah, but, Okay, I mean, right? Like, yeah. yeah I mean, what kind of person do you want to be? What do you look at yeah. yourself in the mirror? You know, and and what's more important than that? Yeah, I don't know. Okay. Nothing. So, yeah. so let's transition a little bit to done good because I think you know Carl and I think all the time about what will it take for someone to move away from what they know and yeah. the systems and products that are currently in place and move to something that is new and disrupting. And what we believe is, you know, iteratively better for the world. And so yeah. if you take Tesla, you know, which has is complicated as an example to begin with. But the reason before Tesla that people did not buy electric cars is because they looked like shit and they performed like shit and they were slow. Totally. And they yep. didn't have they're, any. They're compromising. There's no, there's no status. So, so all of a sudden Tesla comes along and says there, is, there are zero uh, barriers yeah for you to make except for cost except for you the consumer to move your dollars to here because it'll perform better it looks better it's everything that you want you don't have to pay for gas and it's also by the way better for our world um, yep. and, and you know helps helps our world move away from from uh fossil, fossil fuel. fuels and, yep. and and to a new model of transportation and so Yep. So we believe that the consumer needs to sacrifice very little to make a change. Yes. And so that's the one place. The other place that we've talked about a little bit, um, given your background, is also legislature. So if you have a product where consumers have to change very little to do better, then fantastic. That's a win. If yep. legislature is also pushing the consumer to do that or putting requirements on the business or to making it no or, or incentivizing Inc incentivizing like EVs now, right? yeah. now, now yeah. all of a sudden you've got a, you know, two pronged approach in, in yep. having consumer change. And so let me, I'm going to, I'm going to twist the screw on Dungood a little bit and ask you yeah. what is, are there prohibitors? So, so where does Dungood still have to move in order for there to be zero sacrifice for a consumer to come over and purchase on Dungood? Yeah, um, yeah, no. I, first of all, I totally agree with the premise of the question. I, mean, I always say sometimes I feel like people like lament that other people don't care enough, and I'm like, people care an awful lot. Yep. There's a, you, you know, if you, it's about turning the care into action, and I think it was, we say this all the time. I think you're exactly right. Another way to say what you're saying is, you know, you have to, 
like uh, align the the care with the difficulty of the action if you want behavioral yep. change, right? Yep. And so, yeah, it, you can try to make people care, 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 like care so much that they will <laughs> sacrifice a lot and go way out of their way. And some things are like that, you know? Yep. Uh, and then there's, uh, you know, but, but, the, but the easier you make it, then the more often you're going to get the action. And that's where I think like, uh, you know, instead of like getting people to care more, it is about making actions easier as much as, as possible and getting yes. in the stream of people's existing habits and behavior whenever possible. I mean, just even stuff like, you know, now they got the, the floor at the concerts where, you know, they can they're generating energy to power the show while people are dancing. See, there you go. Now you can say to people, Hey, don't go to shows. Don't go to, don't listen to live music. Take all that money instead and donate it. And like, okay, but you know, what are we, what are we trying to build? We're trying to build a world in which people are happy and healthy, and and the environment is good enough where we can stay alive and stay happy and healthy. But so that's the thing, right? You tell people like, hey, when I was twenty, I gotta say, I thought like, okay, I'm going to give all my money other than my basic necessities to charity. I'm gonna live in a tiny house. I'm gonna wear a, you know, one robe, like, you know what I mean? And then, so, I mean, that's the thing, right? Like, so everything for others and all my free time, I'll be spent doing stuff for others. Like I'm gonna maximize a good life, you know? And that's super hard and super difficult, especially if you're trying to live in today's society. And especially yep. if once you realize like, you're gonna, you know, you're gonna kill yourself that way. Like you have to rest, you have to relax. Like you have to enrich your spirit and your soul somehow probably yep. by listening to some music or traveling from time to time. So it's about like, it's not about that total self-sacrifice. It's about trying to lead a life where you're happy and energized and, but are a net plus and, and helping others to be that net plus on the world too, right? Yep. So like in the case of Done Good, I think, what are we trying to do? We're trying to make it super quick and easy and convenient to shop with all these companies. There's more and more of these you know, companies like yours starting up that are paying good wages and powering workers, super eco-friendly. How the hell do people find them? You know what I mean? And so we hope that by putting on one site and then, you know, customers who like your product will shop with other brands and vice versa. People yep. shopping for ethical clothing will say, oh, no, now I can get condiments uh, in a more sustainable way. Cool. I'll do that. You Bring know? it. Uh, so, I mean, what do we, yeah, you said, what, what do we need to continue to improve on? I think more convenience, more quickly, like we're always trying to make the site easier and better from a user experience perspective and make it easier for you to, to check out and to, you know, save the products you like and, uh, automated reordering and all, all the things that make Amazon super convenient. Yep. Um, we don't currently have, you know, two day or one day or immediate shipping. I mean, our, our shipping, our partner brands, you know, we're the marketplace where you find the companies, the shipping policy and the timing is based on whatever our partners could do. Now, as we yep. get bigger, can we start establishing fulfillment systems that could also help get people their products more quickly? So it's more competitive with Amazon in that way. Yes. And then on the other hand, but it is also like, we're never going to, you know, kill our workers the way Amazon does in warehouses or the drivers have to pee in bottles because everyone is, you know, so overworked trying to get those packages out that quickly. So, I mean, there's always going to be that balance between trying to be as convenient as possible and as quick as possible because that will get more people to shop more responsibly more of the time. Well, also, like, then communicating some, <laughs> some uh, limitations with customers and hoping that they get that, like, Listen, it might be three-day shipping, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, maybe we can set up systems that help all our partners ship more quickly in a way, though, that doesn't overwork people and underpay people and, you know, and injure people and, and all this. So, is, you know, it, it, it's on that, that balance. On that shipping, is shipping one of the 
biggest rubs against your business model? Well, I think it's, yeah, timing of shipping. And then, you know, like just in e-commerce generally, people are irrationally focused on shipping costs. I think in large part because of Amazon and the way they've totally. trained us all, right? But yep. it's like people would rather pay $50 with free shipping than pay $40 with a $5 shipping fee, right? Like even though it's 45 bucks or 50 bucks, like I want the free shipping, you know? And uh, so then we we do, you know, we, we just recognizing that reality, we... You know, we work with our partner brands in a way where, like, we cover some of the shipping costs. We ask our partner brands to cover some of the shipping costs. And we still charge people if they order below 50 bucks because just the economics of these small, you know, small purchase, like, makes it impossible uh, to, to make any money if you're shipping a $10 item and there's a $6 shipping cost and they get free shipping. You know what I mean? Everybody, everybody we've lost money. Yeah. The partner brands lost money. What do we, you know, oh. so... Uh, uh, like, um, you know, and at some point when we're big enough and profitable enough, then maybe we can just, you know, lose money on those small orders and say free shipping all the time, or maybe we can have a annual membership like, like Amazon does or something in the meantime, like we're just trying to spread it out. So the customer will pay some shipping. Sometimes we'll subsidize some shipping. The partner brand will subsidize it a little and hopefully everybody wins. You know what I mean? We just do our best to, to do stuff on that. And I will say, you know, cost, when you're talking about sacrifice, like cost is an issue too, of the, of the product itself, not just the, the shipping fee. I mean, look, it tends shockingly paying workers well, and doing good for the environment costs more. It costs more oftentimes to produce those products. Uh, now, you guys might have actually, you know, cracked a code where it's actually cheaper to get my condiments through you guys, or, or at least cost competitive. And a lot of our partners yep. are cost competitive. However, you know, it just there's a reason the big corps are, you know, paying poverty wages and uh, killing the environment with their production practices because it's cheaper and they can, you know, make more profit, right? So sometimes there is, I mean, we, we work very much on, you know, affordability, making sustainable products more affordable and accessible. I mean, I'll, I'll try not to filibuster on this too long, but uh, I got a lot of stuff to say in this area. But one <laughs> is, it's a, it, an irony of capitalism is that people who work for a living can't always afford to buy other products made by people who are paid well, right? Like, that's that's messed up, isn't it? Shouldn't, should, capitalism should work a little different, and people who work for a living should get a larger share of the wealth produced, frankly. Well, so, okay, that's part of what we're trying to do. If we all shop at companies yep. that pay their workers more, then more of those companies will exist, and there will be more workers who can afford somewhat more expensive products made by other people who are, who are paid well. But then we also do things, you know, in the shorter term. We work with partner brands like you guys to do major sales events, you know, for a few days, every, every few months as, as, you know, as partners can, we uh, have existing first time customer discount codes to get people to, to try out the partner brands. Um, we have a loyalty program, like a lot of other companies where, you know, so if, as you buy products and done good, you can earn gift cards and things like this. So um, we are, we're trying to address that part of the sacrifice too. And help to make, you know, so like I said, sustainable products more affordable, more accessible to more people, while also having this conversation with people about like, well, and also you're funding, you know, uh, an end to poverty. You know what I mean? You're funding the fight against climate change. And so we hope people also consider it like, well, if I was going to donate 25 bucks to an environmental nonprofit, I can also spend a little bit more uh, to help solve climate change through my purchases, which again, we think is the most powerful way to, to solve problems. Yeah. Like that. And, and I guess uh, well, I just want to lift up. I really appreciate done goods policy and the way you guys describe it to your partner brands of 
trying to make us viable. You, like, you, you're part of your goal is helping companies like us exist and make it past that first year, first two years. And it I, is I our goal. I mean, we it is really pre- goal, right? I we, mean, we truly appreciate it. I mean, it's a, it's a really cool to find a partner in your space that is thinking about us in addition to yourself. Well, <laughs> so. the whole point is to make social enterprises like yours more successful. So there'll be more of you. So we've tried to design our whole business model on everything we do. Totally. So that, that's always the case. That's why we don't take any fees from partners up front. There's no flat fees, no ongoing fees, because if we were ever in a situation where we were taking more money from you than we were making for you, like then what the hell yep. are we doing? What's the point of all this? If we're not making yeah. you more successful. And, and so I appreciate you saying that. And then it's something, like I said, some of this stuff is tough. And sometimes we hear from our partners, like well, we don't have as much margin as the bigger companies or it's tougher for us on shipping. And we're like, yeah, I know shipping sucks. It's all hard. You know what I mean? <laughs> Trying to square yeah. all this so that it's like affordable for customers and they don't have to sacrifice as much, like you said, and we stay alive as a company, which, you know, we're still clawing and scratching and fighting, you know, we, yep. we ain't, we ain't making money in over fist over here. Like I said, I'm still making yeah. less than I ever did personally. And the company is still fighting to get to profitability, frankly. And yep. meanwhile, we want to make as much money for you guys and help you be more successful. So it's trying to square all the pieces and, you know, just do it, do it all in the right way as, as best we can, you know? Yeah. I just, uh, as we, as we wrap up here, Colin, I, I really appreciate the time. My biggest takeaway, and Paul, I'm going to ask yours, is your, you've been at this mentally your entire life. Like you've been going at this from, from when you were in school and you've had an interesting path that has pushed you closer and closer to that breaking point where you finally took that moment and looked in the mirror and said, who am I as a human? Uh, what's, what's your takeaway here? I guess I, I, I was... I kind of had this thinking when I came into the interview, but it's only kind of affirmed where I was that actually done good is trying to disrupt a monster in Amazon. And so, and, and how do you do that? How do you do that successfully? And awesome sauce is trying to disrupt a monster in Heinz, for example. And so it's really interesting to hear the backstory and the the sort of strategy that came into place of both are you know coming to fruition and then the business strategy since then it's it's really cool to hear it and, no that's and, what we always say you guys absolutely. are the underdogs you're all we're yeah. that's a it's just our, our partners yeah. are, are underdogs we're an yeah. underdog, right it's, this is yeah. all a collection of underdogs trying to uprise trying to disrupt all these big incumbent corporations and frankly yeah. trying to disrupt capitalism as a system but now from the inside you know they tried in the that's 20th right. century the the capitalism versus communism we, well in capitalism we can make it whatever we want you know that's the thing so we're really we're disrupting an entire economic system in a in a different way than than was tried last century you know just from yeah, from within the market at work so that, that's uh, outstanding so so yeah. thank you listeners for joining us uh if you guys would be so kind oh. colin has been so kind to add okay. A 20% off discount on anything site-wide. Go to donegood.com. That's D-O-N-E-G-O-O-D dot C-O-M. And enter code A-W-S-M, all caps, and you get 20% off. Thank you guys for listening. That's awesome. Thank you, Colin. Thank you, Colin, for spending some time with us. And let's close it it out. Peace.